Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran former law enforcement officer and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Welcome to the show, folks. I'm Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor. Uh, I'm glad to be with you. I missed, missed being with you all last week. I always miss it. Uh, there was a show that played, but uh, I miss being live with you. You guys are a dynamic and incredible audience. By the way, the chat room is open, and uh, I encourage you to use that. If you're in a position, obviously if you're driving, you can't use it, but if you're in a position where you can use it, I would encourage you to use it because uh, you can put your questions in there, which is a pretty cool thing, and it's it's kind of a neat thing. So uh, questions or comments, anything like that. So we're at, let's see here, let's look at the, the doom and the gloom. 585.80 points down, 3.56% the market is right now. <clears throat> the market is down. Dow Jones Industrial Average, 30 biggest stocks, 3.56%. Uh, cumulatively, since last week, it's just been uh, a, a, what could be described as nothing less than a bloodbath. So the NASDAQ, which is your tech stocks, they're down 179.79 or 3.82%. That's huge for NASDAQ. S&P 500, uh, this is huge. This is 500 of the biggest stocks, um, sort of your blue chippers. 77.50%. It's down 77.50 or 3.93%. And the market has closed. So that is not good given uh, what happened last week and now what seems to be trending this week which if you've been a faithful listener uh, of the collision of faith and politics, you know I used to be a registered investment advisor and a trust and estate planner. So that's what I did for 10 years. I loved it, loved my clients. Um, none of them during the time that they were my clients ever lost money, not a dime, not one single one, and I'm proud of that. And uh, so we were we were careful. We were we made sure that uh, we protected our clients from the grubby fingers of the IRS, wealth confiscation. That's what we did. That's what we did. That's what we were about. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. This was all kind of my world for about ten years, maybe a little more than ten years. And so to see this happen, uh, it's not a shocker to me, quite frankly. And and all of you, if you've listened to this show, it shouldn't be a shocker to you either. Just FYI. 
shouldn't be a shocker to you. This should not be uh, a big, holy moly, I can't believe this is happening. I don't know. It's, uh, it, I don't, how'd this happen? Well, guess what? I've been telling you. I've been telling you. I've been saying thank you uh, to everybody that's logging in, telling me the sound is good this week. I appreciate that. We made a few changes, and hopefully they'll they'll work out. I just want to tell you uh, right up front before I forget. Uh, September in the if you're in Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, it, it really even the lower end of New York, you should really think about coming to our um, the Center for Self Governance. We are having a tremendous event in September. I think it's going to be the uh, second or third week of September. We'll have more details coming. We'll put a flyer out and all of that. Um, but I just, you, you know, put it on your, if you've never done it, if you've never done even level one, level one's where everybody starts. Nobody skips level one. Nobody. Everybody starts the same. And so uh, it's a powerful thing. And send me, shoot me an email. Uh, go to theninjapastor.com, theninjapastor, or drshawngreener.com, which is S-H-A-W-N-G-R-E-E-N-E-R.com. Shoot me an email through the contact me page of either of those, and I'm sure to get them. I get uh, thousands and thousands of emails per week. Uh, usually after the show, I get a bump. Let's see where we are, just for fun. Uh well, that's not good. We're at 44,548 unread emails. Sorry. So sorry. I'm not trying to ignore people. There's only so many I can go through during the day. So the best way to get me is through the website. Or, or here's even better, if you are uh, – I'm on LinkedIn, by the way. I have a bunch of followers on LinkedIn. I, I didn't – I don't know how that happened. But it's true. I have a bunch of followers on. Well, I don't even call them links, connections, you call them, on LinkedIn. And uh, so you can connect with me through LinkedIn. You can connect with me through Facebook, God and Country Radio. Uh, my great buddy, uh, Sean, he has uh, spelled S-E-A-N. He has done a great job on that, and he does great at keeping it up. And so uh, if you go there, you can send me a message through that. Or... Uh, you can like me. I I, um, I just cut 314 uh, air quotes friends from my Facebook roles, so I'm I think I'm slightly under or right at 5,000 again. So I cut a bunch of people out. So feel free to uh, you know friend send me a friend request. If I if I don't if I'm over 5,000 that particular day, um, you just click on follow. But send me a message. If you just click on follow, you can send me a message, and I'll see it there too. So those are lots of different ways to get a hold of me. So those those are those are the best ways, quite frankly. Uh you know, today I, look, there's a lot of bad stuff going on. We're going to talk about a lot of it. It's it's um those of you who know me know that today's show is going to be uh a wee bit off the chain as it were. Um it, you know, we're look <laughs> You've been, you've had somebody blowing smoke up your dress for too long, and uh, I'm not going to be one of them. So today's the day where we we kind of scrub that off, and we're going to uh, we're going to really kick some butt and take some names and uh, give you empower you with some stuff. 
And I'll tell you, you know, I'm referred to as the ninja pastor. So you, uh, let's see here. <clears throat> awesome. I love all the great supporters who uh, just, they're just so great to encourage me and send me all these messages. It's its really, really sweet. And it really empowers me because, you know, with radio, I, you guys know I travel all around the country speaking. And if your organization uh, would like me to come, I'd be glad to do it. Uh, your church your civic organization, whatever it is. I even do a lot of ed- educational institutions. Um, I am a pastor, the ninja pastor. And so we have a kehala on uh, on Sundays, 5.30 to 6.30. We broadcast that here so you can hear that. And it's kind of cool. Um, so you can listen to all those old messages, by the way. It doesn't cost you anything. Just click on subscribe while you're there or follow. That would be a great thing. Uh, it would be very, very helpful to me. And on theninjapastor.com, uh, a lot of you have asked me how do we help you know, further because I, I put the bill for all this. And, and uh, how do we help? Well, one way you can help is, is uh, in a pecuniary sense, in other words, with money, uh, you can – and it's all PayPal. It's all done through PayPal. Uh, so it's very, very safe. And you can click on the donate page. And that would be an awesome way to really um, to help us out. And we put everything right back into the show. So uh, that would be a good thing. So today I'm going to give you, at no cost to you, but listen, let me, let me say this first. I, look, there's a lot of people who have given everything for our country. Everything. Every single thing. And and uh, somebody just told me uh, Blog Talk Radio just interrupted the show, and now the show's starting over. I'm not really sure why it's doing that. I'm going to have to have a conversation with some folks. But I'll tell you the truth. I have not been very happy lately with the technical folks at Blog Talk Radio. So uh, I, you can rest assured I will be working on that. Um, all that said to say this, we are going to forge ahead. Uh, oh, they just ran a 30-second commercial. See, and that's what they do. Once you get uh, the number of listeners that we have, just under half a million listeners, um, you know, they can make a lot of money off that. So the way that you help is, is we there's another level of membership here that I can do once I have the money, and that eliminates all that, all just my own commercials that I make or I approve of. But right now I'm kind of subject to them, so I apologize for that. Any of you that had any trouble with that, but let me let me just say. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who've given everything out there. Uh, they, they've given their sons, their daughters, their husbands, their aunts, their uncles, their grandfathers, their grandmothers. There's a lot of people out there who have truly, totally given everything. And I'm going to tell you, it's very important that you know that they leave some people behind called Gold Star family members, Gold Star moms, Gold Star dads, Gold Star brothers, Gold Star sisters, Gold Star children. It's not an award, I'll tell you the truth, and, and I'll, I'll just tell you this. Um, it's a little bit sickening how we treat, as a country, not just the government, but as a country, we treat these people who have given everything for our freedom and our liberty. You know, Just as long as our show doesn't get canceled, just as long as our show doesn't interrupt what we're doing, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's a strange, strange thing. Let me put a uh, let me put a muffler over the mic and see if that helps. Some of you have said I'm a little too loud, so um, let's see how that is. Hopefully that's a little bit better. And you know, but there's people out there who they go home to their to their home, and guess what they don't have meeting them there. 
they don't have their father or their mother or their sister or their brother. They don't have that. They have an empty space at dinner. They have an empty space at church. They have an empty space. These are empty spaces that will never, ever be filled. They'll never be filled. And folks, that's a problem that will never be fixed. But you know what we can do? We can pay attention to them. We can love on them. We can support them. We can encourage them. We can lift them up. We can pray for them. We can do things for them that help lighten the load. Those are gold star families. You guys know I I support uh, lots of different things, but I really uh, am aggressive about supporting America's Mighty Warriors, uh, Debbie Lee. Her son, Mark Allen Lee, was the first Navy SEAL killed in Iraq. You've got the Michael Strange Foundation, which is a tremendous organization. Michael Strange uh, was with DevGru, or SEAL Team 6, and was killed on Extortion 17. Also killed on Extortion 17, uh, Karen and Billy Vaughn's great son, Aaron Carson Vaughn. Uh, Billy wrote the book, uh, I have it right here actually, Betrayed. If, if If the word Extortion 17 is foreign to you, get a book. You guys hear me say this all the time, get a book. If you don't know what I'm talking about, get a book. Well, the book to get on that is Betrayed. Tremendous book. Really, really well done. Fact, 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 you know. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, there's Some people are telling me there's their uh, blog talk radio is actually playing a previous show, and I'm not sure why they would do that. But uh, we'll work at ironing that out. So those people, the Gold Star families, uh, you, you just need to understand the Gold Star families are they're unlike any other family. <clears throat> Do you know what I'm saying? They're unlike any other family. They are in the struggle of their life just to get through the day because what if, you know, have you ever thought about this? What if the, the breadwinner, you know, we use that term, the breadwinner, but the breadwinner simply is the person who makes the income, that pays the bills, is the one that's killed in any of the wars that we're involved in right now. What if? I mean, what if that happens? Where does their money come from? You say, well, uh, let me just say this. Those of you who are listening, there's there's something weird going on. Just hang in there. I would suggest logging out, then logging back in. Um, if you're one of our subscribers, just use that short link. Um, you know, let's see here. A whole bunch of you. I'm getting a litany of a litany of, of reports that we're having problems. Um, I don't know, but I'll be, I'm going to forge ahead and then hopefully everything will get situated. But you know, the, these, these families that they're, they're, uh, the breadwinner, the income generator, when they die, listen, nobody comes along. Everybody thinks that, you know, the government comes along and, and pays them money for the rest of your life and pays your bills. And now there's, there's soldiers' families going bankrupt every single day in this country. That's one of the reasons why the uh, that's one of the reasons why the uh, I, don't, I don't know how do I put this. Well, I'll just say it how it is. I, you know, I promised you I'd tell you what the deal is. Uh, look, folks, that's one of the reasons why twenty to thirty-five soldiers 
veterans kill themselves per day in this country. Per day. Per day. Look, we, look if that's okay with you, you got to be kidding me, man. Possibly say that that's okay. You know what they get? They get next to nothing. They get whatever insurance they were willing to purchase. Okay, so you think they get a free ride. You purchase the insurance. The Servicemen's Group Life Insurance is a special policy that uh, they it, – it's the only one that will pay going into combat. And so these soldiers, a lot of times when they join up, they they have an opportunity to buy up to a certain amount of their salary. And it's not very much. You know, and they know the risks that they're taking. And it's a dangerous job and in, in all of that stuff. But you know what? They're offered, and most of them take advantage of what they're offered because the drill instructors, when you're signing up for all your benefits, the drill instructors say, look, you will sign up for this. I don't care if you think that's a whole lot of money. You know, something happens to you in this very dangerous job, even though you know what you're risking, you need to provide for your families because the government's not going to do it. That's reality, folks. That is reality. You get killed in action. If you are over retirement age, you know what you get? You get a retirement. But if you're under retirement, number of years, 20 years, you don't. They fly your body home. And in the case of extortion 17, they do you the favor of of of, uh, of doing the, the uh, cremation first without any input from you. And they tell you, oh, they were damaged too bad. They bring you home. They don't get workers' comp. They don't get any of that, folks. And a lot of you are messaging me and say, come on, you get killed in action? Nothing? But what you buy? The serviceman who hardly makes any money? $15 an hour? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It doesn't make sense. It does not make sense, folks. And that's just the reality that you've got to accept. Folks, you've got to accept the fact that service people die, they take a risk, they die, and and they put away as much money as they can for their families, but they don't have much money. Certainly not $15 an hour. By the way, if you've joined us late, you're with Dr. Sean Greener, the ninja pastor, and you're on the collision of faith and politics. You see, this is reality, folks. This is reality. When you when you think when you think something or you feel something is the case, let that go. Because what you think and feel don't matter a hill of beans. It don't matter a hill of beans, folks. Oh, I know our country takes care of them. Yeah, of course we do. No, we don't. Whatever they buy. So let's say you're a 19-year-old and you've joined up because you love your country, and you go over and you get sent to fight without the right equipment, without the right protection, and you have to fight a war uh, against combatants who who simply don't care about your rules of engagement. They don't have rules of engagement. They're going to cut your head off. And you get killed. You're 19 years old. You barely make any money. You're at the poverty level. You're below the poverty level. You say, well, we give them housing and everything, and food. 
You know what housing they get? They get a tent if they're lucky. The food they get are sea rats or, or MREs, meals ready to eat. And they cook them over a little Bunsen flame if, if they can do, even do that. So don't get all high and lofty while well, we take care of our people. No, you don't. And I'll tell you who else we don't take care of. We don't take care of the Gold Star families. There's a lot of volunteers out there, Sean and Angie and Bob and Millie and Charlie and Marianne and Debbie, uh, Lee and Karen and Billy and, and countless thousands thousands more. They do it. They do it. They live every day. They're, look, these people I just named, they've lost people. One of them is an active duty military about to deploy. One that I mentioned is active duty military about to deploy. Again. You see, folks, that's that's a fact. And we go bebopping along. We don't see anything about the war on the news. So we think nobody's dying. Nobody's still in danger. Nobody's at home still crying over the loss of their their loved one. Look, for far too long, far too long, you've heard just fluff, lies. And today I'm going to give you, at no cost to you, but lots of obligation to you, the cost has been borne by so many others. I'm going to give you my take on what's going on with America. The real unfiltered deal. And frankly, I'm going to tell you what, it's about time. You've heard the pundits and the talking heads and uh, the American press, which is a joke. You want to hear the truth at this point? Can you even hear the truth? Can you even hear the truth? What do you think? Are you capable? Are you capable? Let me tell you how this works. When somebody lies to you, when somebody lies to you over and over and over and over again, and you don't call them out on it. Here's what happens. That lie becomes the truth to you. You say, no, I'm not that stupid. Look, I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm just saying, you know, it's it's a sleight of hand. They've got one hand. Hey, look over here. Look over here. Meanwhile, the market is down 588. Ostensibly, it's all due to China. China, who we trust to send us food. You know, they killed hundreds upon hundreds of our of our family pets. Did you know that? From melamine. Newsflash. They knew it was in there because they put it in there. Let's see what they let's see what they put up with these Americans. <laughs> you trust them? You're out of your mind. But if you allow a lie to be perpetrated upon you over and over and over. It becomes a truth for you. You say, well, it must be true. I see it on all the news stations. i got to ask you, are you even capable of handling the truth? Truly, 
Are you capable of handling the truth? Do you really believe that you can handle the truth? You can't handle the truth. Let me tell you, folks, the the, the, the fact is that movie and the guys, you know, the actor that says that line in the movie, folks, he's 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 as far left as I think you can get. But the line that he read so well is absolute fact. Because there's people that stand on a wall and they protect us. The sheepdog. Look, you don't want to know how the sheepdog protects his sheep. You don't want to know that. You've heard the, the you've heard it said you don't want to know how the sausage is made. Well, you don't want to know the sheepdog. And you know what? You know who else is, are sheepdogs in this country that are getting a raw deal? Are police officers. Everybody whips out their little iPhone. They whip out their little iPhone and they say, I'm going to video this. I'm going to put this on. I'm going to be a video sensation. I'm going to be on YouTube. Well, <laughs> YouTube. I'm going to be on it. I got 10 hits. I got 100 hits. I got 5,452 hits. We're viral. Are you kidding me, people? Are you really serious? You know, people whip out their phones instead of going and helping the police officer. You say, well, I don't know if the police officer is doing right. I don't want to get hurt. Why don't you? Everybody's moderate. Everybody's moderate. Nobody's hardcore. Everybody's moderate, man. We want to be in the middle of the road. We don't want to be... That guy. Who do they always compare us to? The the guy with the sandwich board, walking around with the sandwich board saying, repent, repent. We don't want to be called that guy. Here's a newsflash for you, folks. Maybe you should get a book. Maybe you should get a book. Perhaps the Bible. Yochanan the Baptist, or John the Baptist. He was right all along. He was right all along, and they branded him as some crazy dude eating locusts and honey, wearing animal skins. In America, and I'll, and I'll tell you, and Jerry from Pennsylvania echoes this, uh, he, he has so eloquently put, I asked, are you capable of handling the truth? And and he chimed in with moderate Republicans cannot handle the truth. So you see, in America, we become desensitized to the truth. We become desensitized by the truth. And you know what? Political correctness and the lies and all of the things going on in this country are like a scab that must be pulled off, and you've got to scrub that infected wound so that it can heal. You've got to scrub that infected wound so it can heal. The longer you wait, folks, to clean the wound, to cleanse the infection, the worse it gets. The worse it gets.
The worse the infection gets, and you know what it does? It starts to spread. One of the infections that we have in this in this government are scandals. This administration has so many. They have plenty. <clears throat> they have plenty. Plenty of scandals. And I don't mean just Barack Hussein, Obama, but also Hillary Clinton. Let's just take two. No, let's take three. Do you know John Kerry's son-in-law is Iranian? Did you know that? Yeah. Close ties with the Iranian government. No big deal. Right? No big deal. Humabedin. You know that name? If you don't know that name, get a book. You best get you a book. Get you a good book. Humabedin. Close personal friend of Hillary Clinton. Number one aide. Been with her a long time. Humabedin's husband? Oh, you know him. He's the guy sending the little pics. The, uh... Picks of him naked to people other than Huma Abedin. She's Iranian. Her family is closely connected. Muslim Brotherhood all the way. But let's just talk about Barack Hussein Obama and, and uh, Hillary Clinton, just for fun. Look, when I say scandals, look, I'm not talking about that show on television where at the end of the show everything's hunky-dory. The actors go back to their house. Nothing really bad happens. I'm talking about scandals where people die. Many, many innocent people die. Many, many innocent people die. Do you even remember what the scandals even are at this point? You know, because here's what they do. Their philosophy is we're going to flood them. Yeah, isn't it funny? His name is Anthony Weiner. Humabedin's husband, Anthony Weiner, and he sent pictures of himself, you know, naked. <laughs> no, he can't make this stuff up. I wouldn't go say his name on the air because he sues people, but I'm just reporting the truth. Look, these scandals. There's so many of them. I'm only going to give you a few. The press, uh, I'm going to tell you, the press would like you to forget about these scandals, but I'm going to remind you. But I'm going to tell you this first. Here's why the press won't tell you about these scandals. Here's why you don't hear a word about it. Well, um, well let me, let me, there's good stuff that happens too that the press doesn't report, like, for instance, they underreport. I was at the uh, Glenn Beck thing in Washington, D.C. There's well over a million people there. Well over. I was there. I know how the counts are done. They said 30,000 people. Are you kidding me? There were millions of people on the mall. My son Doyle and I, we were there. We know for a fact we were there. We watched the people politely and kindly funnel in, give each other food and drink, we went to the restrooms, the porta potties, we kept them clean. Everybody picked up there was no trash thrown, let alone 
having to be picked up. We left the place better than we found it. And the press says 30,000 people. Big fat liars. The press is not going to tell you the good stuff. Listen, we had three service people. American service people. These American service people just they just shut down a guy who was going to kill a whole lot of people in France. Ha ha ha, France. They tackled a guy with a rifle, an AK-47. They rushed the guy. They tackled him. The one guy was disarming him while the other guy was tackling him, and then the three of them beat him unconscious. Meanwhile, he whips out a uh, – before he goes unconscious, he whips out a, a box cutter and cuts up one of the guys. Americans in France, service people. I'll tell you what, folks. You want homeland security? You're it. We need to stop thinking there's some professional group of people that we just call up. We press a button. For police, press the blue button. For fire, press the red button. For you're an idiot, you need to get a book. Press the blinking yellow button. See, that's that's just reality, folks. But the press, you're not going to hear anything about that. Well, guess what the, the French government already did? They already gave them their highest award. That guy was going to kill a whole lot of people on that train, and they took action. The press would like you to forget these scandals, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to remind you. Let me say this, and this is this is going to help you understand why uh, the media and Obama, the media and Obama, is an incorrect statement. It shouldn't be the media and Obama. It should be the media is Obama. Did you know that the CBS News president, David Rhodes, and former ABC News president, Ben Sherwood, they both have siblings working in the administration of Barack Hussein Obama? Did you know that the CNN deputy D.C. bureau chief, Virginia Mosley, by the way, who is also related to another uh, person who was involved, very heavily involved in a major, major controversy occurring in the state of Maryland, is married to an Obama staffer. Obama's former campaign manager works for Bloomberg News. MSNBC hired David Axelrod, who is the former senior. This list is so long, folks. It's so long. You don't even know. It's not the press and Obama. It's the press is Obama. The media is Obama. I talked about Center for Self-Governance a minute ago. I want you to hear this. Mark on your calendar. I think it's September, I don't know, 12th through 14th or 14th through something. I'll have all the details for you. We haven't locked it all the way down yet, but we will. Center for Self-Governance. Listen to this and uh, just jot this stuff down. Hey, happy warriors. This is the Ninja Pastor here. Listen, keepers of the republic, people who care about the future of this country, if that's you and you're not the you that just wants to talk about it, just do Facebook posts, just do Twitter, but, I mean, you really want to do something. You really want to make a difference. You're called a keeper of the republic. Our founders clearly detailed that we, the people, would keep our republic if we participated in our own governance. Self-governance, let me tell you what, requires education, participation, sacrifice, and determination, and the belief that you can make a difference. Look, you got to do something, but what is something? 
as I said, Facebook posts, they won't save the republic. Neither will rallies or voter drives. It goes way deeper. And if you truly want to do something of value that is also effective, the question is, are you willing? Listen, you can go to centerforselfgovernance.com or you can go to facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. There's a link there uh, for the Center of Self-Governance. All you do is click there. While you're there at facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, click on like and sign up. And you'll have all these links uh, immediately available to you, super, super easy. And I can help arrange courses for you in the Northeast and elsewhere. you got to do it. You say, i got to do something. I want to do something. This is the something. This is the something really big. This is the secret sauce. you got to ask yourself some tough questions. Do you really have what it takes? Do you really have what it takes to help save this country? Do you really want to save the country? Have you given up already? Then here's the really, really tough question. Am I worth the blood and treasure already sacrificed for liberty and freedom? Am I worth the acres of crosses in Arlington, Virginia, and towns across America? Soldiers who gave everything, committed everything to our freedom. How do you do it? Go to my Facebook page, facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, and then click on the link to this, Center for Self-Governance. It'll be right there. You want to do something? This is your something. Welcome back to The Collision of Faith and Politics. Here again is Dr. Sean. Welcome back. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm just going to go through a list of just some of the scandals. I'm not... Look, I'm I'm not going to lay all of them on you. We don't have time for that. This is a two-hour show. I only have an hour and 20 minutes left. This is a short list, starting with the IRS targets Obama's enemies. Now, what I what I, I think is important for you to know is when you hear something like that, IRS targets Obama's enemies, and you say, well, it's not me. It's not me. So that doesn't really affect me. Really? Are you in a Tea Party group? Do you support any Tea Party groups? Do you support any Tea Party candidates? They also targeted not just conservative groups, but pro-Israel groups. Obama said the press reports were the first he'd heard of it, really then what kind of executive, what kind of community organizer doesn't know anything about what's going on about in one of the most powerful, most feared organizations in his administration? Says nothing. Oh, I, did, oh, I, mm, I don't know. I just saw it on the news. Two years' worth of emails from IRS Commissioner Lois Lerner mysteriously disappeared during the investigation. Isn't that something how emails disappear? You'll hear more about that in a minute. But let me ask you, folks, do you, do you understand? Do you understand when a government, that is utter tyranny, hearkening back to when we were still subjects of the King of England? Doesn't that, doesn't that cause you to shudder with fear? Two 
targeting of conservative and pro-Israel groups. What if you're in a group? What if you have a little group, little kitchen table uh, tea party group? You're in Pennsylvania. You have a little group, and all of a sudden you you start getting audited. All of a sudden you get uh, assets frozen. Look, I have a fr- I have a good friend of mine, Verwayne Greenhill. Most of you who know True Patriots know you've heard the story of Verwayne Green. He's a, he's an actual friend of mine, personal friend of mine. One of the best guys ever. I mean, honestly, give you the shirt off his back. The IRS unjustly and illegally took all of his money. Not once, not twice, not three times, but many more times than that. They seized money, said, you owe us. He didn't owe him a dime. He had a letter from them saying, you don't owe us a dime. They said, oh, you know what? You're right. Eh, sorry. Then they did it again. Eh, sorry. Then they did it again. Just enough to bankrupt them. Just enough to wreck him. Just enough to cause him to be quiet. And you know what he put out there on Facebook and Twitter and and all the different social media outlets? This is happening to me right now. Many folks wouldn't listen. Listen, if you are a person, I want to say this really quick. I, I have to say this because I'm getting a lot of questions about, look, I don't have a lot of money in the stock market. I mean, I work a regular job. Why should this matter to me? Uh, Three-day crash that we've just seen today, 588 drop. I mean, that's that's huge. What this translates to, folks, is households all across America have just seen $1.8 trillion in wealth vanish according to the capital report. Trillions of dollars, folks. This is carnage like you can't imagine. Do you have a pension through your work? Do you get a pension after 20 or 25 years of working? You hope. You are one of the people that you don't realize you're suffering. You don't realize your loss. You say, look, I don't have accounts with hundreds of thousands. Maybe you're getting ready to buy a house. Maybe you want to buy a house, and you want to go qualify for a loan, and you now have to search around your house and look in manila envelopes and drawers and all kinds of stuff to find your financial documents. And one of the things you do is you look up the accounts that you have, and you say, wait a second, I I had a lot more money in this account. What happened? There must be a mistake. Listen, uh, my buddy Jerry from Pennsylvania has has reminded me of something that I that I, you know, as a guy who worked in the industry, insurance companies, folks. If you have insurance, guess what? Your insurance company invests the money that you send them for your premiums. The promises they make, life insurance, all these other things, they invest that money. If you have insurance, guess what? They've lost huge money. Huge money. This should be top of mind for you, but if you have a if you have a, a, a defined benefit plan, if you have a pension, let's say somebody somewhere is investing that money for you and you don't check on them every single day, you don't keep them honest, 
and you uh, you just hope that old so and so in the big building with the glass uh, glass all the way around. Boy, I hope he's doing what he said he's going to do. I hope she's doing what she said he's. She's. I hope she knows what she's talking about. Oh, I know they took care of me. Then you go to buy a house and you don't have what you think you had. Real deal, folks. The real deal. What if at the worst possible time, Lois Lerner and her IRS, as she's clamping down on people's finances, a conservative, Christians, people who have spoken out against Barack Obama and his policies, you've got to be kidding me. This this hasn't occurred? This hasn't occurred to you? How has this not occurred to you that that could be you? Probably uh, indirectly is you. How many of you have mutual funds out there? How many of you have little Scott Trade accounts or TD, whatever, trade? you know, all these different ones you can do now? How many of you have those? And you're looking now and you're panicking. You're, you're, there's no way. How come there's not – and look, let me tell you something. I'm no longer a registered investment advisor, and I'm not giving financial or investment advice, but do not cash out of that thing when you're down. Don't do it. Don't do it. You succumb to it, that that fear, and I'm telling you right now, you'll regret it for the rest of your life because you're locking in your losses. Folks, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying to you, what if Lois Lerner's IRS, you say, well, she retired, so that's no longer there. Are you kidding me? How naive can you be? This Lois Lerner is collecting a retirement off of your back when she should be forfeiting that retirement, that pension, because she's in jail, convicted of multiple felonies, and yet the Department of Justice will not investigate her. Barack Hussein Obama's Department of Justice. You'll hear more about that in a second. I'm going to say a name, and if you don't know what this name is, you need to get you a book. You better get you a book. You better go get you a book. Benghazi. Benghazi, Libya. You know, this is actually three scandals. It's not one scandal. It's a scandal of the failure of the administration to protect that mission there in Benghazi. Let's be honest. It was a CIA outpost. So what? It was important. It's also a scandal because they made changes to talking points in order to suggest the attack was motivated by an anti-Muslim video, which no one had even seen. They went out, and the Department of Justice locked up, allegedly, the guy who made the video. Oh, this is what caused it. And then, the other scandal you have is the refusal of the White House to say what happened. What did Obama do the night of the attack? What did then-Secretary Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, what did she say? What did she do? Folks, Things like this don't happen without them knowing. You say, well, it's a, I don't know. You know, it's sometimes, I don't know. It's, you can't, 
they are not micromanaging this. I mean, how would they get a hold of them? It's in the middle of the night. I don't know. It's, it's, you can't blame them. Come on. I don't like them either, but you can't blame them for everything. Then you don't know how it works. You better get you a book. The White House knows when stuff like this goes down, folks. It absolutely does. The White House didn't say what Obama did during the night of the attack. But we know four heroes are gone. Four heroes are gone. We knew two of them were former United States Navy SEALs who are now CIA. And, and that's another thing. They lied about that. Oh, well, they were, they were uh, embassy security. I know one of them, knew one of them well. I knew immediately when they when they said that it was he was embassy security that was a big fat lie because he and I had had a conversation about he'll never do embassy security. He was a contractor with the CIA working on a gun situation. They heard what was going on and they refused to stand down. Yet they were told to stand down. Now all of a sudden people are backing down. People in charge are backing down. Well, no, we didn't ever actually say stand down. We never said those words. It depends on what the meaning of is, is. These people lie and their friends swear to it. And the press doesn't cover it. Let's talk about the Justice Department. They performed a massive call of the Associated Press reporters' phone records. Massive. These are reporters, supposedly Reporters are, you know, they're they're doing they're doing a valuable service to freedom and liberty, and yet their phone records are are taken and read by the Justice Department. That same Justice Department suggested that Fox News reporter James Rosen, who I know personally, great great guy, great reporter, suggested he was a he was a criminal for reporting about classified info and subsequently monitored his phones and his emails. Not just his phones and his emails, but his parents' phones and emails. Not just his home, but his parents' home and other friends. You don't have a problem with that? You say that's part of the game? Grown-up game? Folks, if you think that's okay, you better get you a book. Because it's not okay. It's not okay. Turns out it was all a big fat lie. They wanted to shut James Rosen down because he was getting close. You know, there was a reporter, uh, a lady who, uh, Cheryl Atkinson, if you ever get a chance to hear her speak or read her book, you see what happened to her, gone, drummed out, because she wasn't believing what she was told. And your administration, your government, the government we allow, the Barack Hussein Obama government ran that lady out of a job and tried to wreck her physically, emotionally, reputation, all of it. They tried to do that with James Rosen, but it didn't work. But it still did massive damage. How about Attorney General, former Attorney General Eric Holder? He told Congress he had never been associated with potential prosecution of a journalist for perjury when, in fact, he signed the very affidavit that termed James Rosen, the one I just told you about, a potential criminal. Now, he said this. 
on tape. Well, we don't have anything on tape anymore, let's be real. But he was recorded saying this. He says, I've never been associated with a potential prosecution of a journalist for perjury when, in fact, he himself signed the affidavit that termed James Rosen a potential criminal. Why isn't he in jail? Why isn't Eric Holder in jail? Oh, he did a lot worse than that. How about the ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, B-A-T-F-E now, Fast and Furious. You remember that? If you don't know what that is, you know what you need to do. If you don't know what Fast and Furious refers to, you know what you need to do. Say it with me. You better get you a book. You better get a book. You better hurry up and get you a book. Because this is all stuff. You say, well, I don't have anything to do with any of that stuff. I don't go to Mexico. I don't do anything like that. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have guns. I don't. You don't think this affects you? The whole purpose of Fast and Furious, you see, what they did was they allowed weapons from the United States to cross the border into hands of Mexican drug dealers. Now, these are the same people that put a wire around people's neck, hook one end to a motorcycle or a car, and then loop it around the person's neck, hook that end to a motorcycle or a car or a stationary device, and then the motorcycle or car or cars go opposite directions. Guess what happens? It slices the person's head off, beheads them in an instant. Sometimes they go real slow. Real slow, so the death is slow. You see, and, and what they said they were doing is they were using these firearms that they, they, they knew were in the system. They were going to use these to track where the guns go so they can arrest more people. But you see, that's bull. That's bull. That's a lie. Because when they lost track of hundreds, potentially even thousands of firearms used in crimes, just egregious crimes, murder, heinous murder, not just them killing each other. We always say, well, I don't care if they kill each other. What difference does it make? But innocent people. Not just in Mexico, but in the United States. And guess who they killed in 2010? They killed Border Patrol agent Brian Terry. His mother is a friend of mine. Killed him. Killed an American who signed up to protect the border. And guess what? Those people are hamstrung along our border. Folks, let me say it again. Mexican drug dealers some of the most ruthless people on the planet. You say, well, you, why can't you use a different word like uh, Latino or why does it always have to be Mexicans? Why, you know, why don't you just say people? Why, you, why do you always got to be saying that? I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. It's kind of racist. It's not racist. It's the truth. They're not German drug dealers. They're not Swiss drug dealers. They're not Roman drug dealers. They're Mexican drug dealers. And that's what we're talking about. And our government lost track of hundreds, if not thousands, of firearms that ended up being used in many, many crimes, not the least of which killing in 2010 Border Patrol agent Brian Terry. Does that not matter to you? Does that not matter to you? 
It should. Why doesn't it? Why doesn't it? How does it not matter to you, folks? How are not how are you not furious? How how does this happen that here and now in the United States of America in 2015 we know our government did this? And let me tell you, ruthless people, these Mexican drug dealers, these drug lords, ruthless people. Health and Human Services Secretary, uh, former Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius. Now, this is the same woman, I want you to know, this is the same woman who is in favor of post-birth abortion. Do you understand what post-birth abortion is? Anybody? I'll give you a word for it. Murder. It's murdering an innocent human being. They're born alive, and then you kill them. She was highly in favor of that. Kathleen Sebelius solicited donations from companies the Health and Human Services might regulate. The money would be used to help her sign up uninsured Americans for Obamacare. You say, that doesn't affect me. What difference does that make to me? Why, why are you going on about these things that don't affect me? That doesn't keep me from getting to the mall to buy that thing that's on sale that I've been waiting for, that now I have a coupon. That doesn't keep me from buying a house, getting a loan. That doesn't keep me from recording my show on the DVR tonight. That doesn't stop that. Why should it matter to me? Because there are people at the helm of this administration in various chairmanships that believe it's okay, in fact good, to kill an innocent, living human being. She was a strong advocate for that. They knew, Kathleen Sebelius knew, the Obama administration knew that the rollout of Obamacare would be nothing like what they said. They knew they could never meet even the minimum standards, and guess what? They didn't. They knew that it would cost hundreds of percents more than what they said. And the millions of Grubertards, and if you don't know what Grubertard is, either talk to my friend Wes or get you a book. The Grubertards follow and just do whatever this administration says. And now instead of millions of people having health insurance that they can afford, look at the facts. Don't listen to their numbers. Their numbers are a fat lie or a skinny lie, depending on what your thing is. How about the Pigford scandal? You say, I don't know anything about no Pigford scandal. I don't know about that. I like pigs. I like pork. I like bacon. I like ribs. No, Pigford, this is 1997. Uh, this, this is a lawsuit that began in 1997, Pigford versus Glickman. It's an effort to compensate black farmers who may have been discriminated against by the agency um, 
the agricultural agency, um, it, it evolved into a gravy train delivering several billion dollars in cash to thousands of additional female and minority farmers who'd never faced discrimination. Since 2008, both Eric Holder and Obama have been involved in overseeing and managing the Pigford Judgment Fund. This is what it's called, the Pigford Judgment Fund. 90,000 people have made claims. The budget was raised in 2010 from $120 million in this farcical money, just paying people to $1.25 billion. You say, that doesn't matter to me. Why would it matter to me? I don't understand why that matters to me, Dr. Sean, Ninja Pastor Dude. I don't understand. Because it's your money. It's not monopoly money. It's not pretend money. It's your money. And you know what? When money goes to that, guess what it doesn't do? It doesn't go to buying you food. It doesn't put food in your refrigerator or gasoline in your automobile. No fuel gets put in your, your lawnmower to mow your lawn or drive your car. Minority and female farmers who never faced discrimination collecting billions of dollars. And it's all a lie. And Barack Hussein Obama and Eric Holder oversaw and managed this fund. Government Service Agency 2010 GSA training conference in Las Vegas that cost 820. Now this is real money, 823 thousand dollars. Folks, you understand? Do you understand what the deal here is? They had a training conference. You remember the videos? They paid thousands of dollars to do those videos. Party on. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. GSA employees, Government Services Administration, partying like it's 1999 on your money that they took out of your pocket. You okay with that? I don't think so. I'm not. Solyndra, you remember that name? You say, well, why would that matter to me, Solyndra? The Obama administration funded and promoted this green energy firm, air quotes, despite its being clearly headed for bankruptcy. In fact, they were, they, they were their own people said, hey, they're going to bankruptcy, man. They're not going to make it. They're out of, they don't have distribution. They don't have their technology is outdated. Um, frankly, the people that are in charge of this company, kind of crazy people. They don't know what they're doing. They've been warned, warned multiple times, the Hussein-Obama administration, multiple times. Half a billion dollars of your money. Half a billion dollars of your money. Do you even comprehend what I'm saying to you right now? Half a billion dollars of your money was given by Barack Hussein Obama to his political friends who had supported him, and he was rewarding them. And the crazy thing is, is they have not been prosecuted. Neither the people from Solyndra nor the people from the Obama administration, including Barack, 
Hussein Obama paying for votes. How can that not matter to you, America? How can that not matter? By the way, hello to the United States Navy SEALs. I just received a couple messages. Thank you for listening. Parts unknown. Also from the Rangers, United States Army Rangers. Rangers lead the way. United States Marine Corps. United States Air Force, the Coast Guard, they're all working hard for us. Hello to all of you. You understand a half a billion dollars was given. This money, that didn't they didn't pretend this money. They took this money from you. They took the money from you. This was your money, and they took it from you. They took it from your kid's college fund. They took it from your money you had hoped to get back from your taxes that you overpaid. They took it from you. They took it from your pensions. They took it from everything. That was yours. And all along, Barack Hussein Obama knew the company within days was going belly up. Mysteriously, millions and millions of dollars are missing. You know, they make grants to, thank you to Jerry from Pennsylvania, they make grants, the Obama administration through the EPA, they make grants, grants, that's money you don't have to pay back, to solar companies for campaign contributions. Follow the money, folks. This should matter to you. This is your money. This is my money. And I'm not okay with it. But that's what's happening here. Money is being taken from you to fund things you would never approve of. Not things ideologically that you don't approve of, but things you would never approve of. Things that you would call the police and say, hey, this crime is happening. Come do something. Are you listening? Follow the money. Obama, you know... We attacked Libya. I don't know if you guys remember, in March 2011, we attacked Libya. Obama violated the Constitution and the War Powers Resolution by attacking Libya without congressional approval. March 2011. If you don't know this, if you've not heard of this, you didn't know, you're like, man, I was at the mall. I don't know. I was watching my DVR shows. I don't know. I was doing Little League, soccer, violin, whatever with my kids. I was driving all over the creation. I don't know anything about it. Guess what you better do? You better get you a book. You better get you a book. He acted alone while Congress was away, and he knew it. He did it on purpose while Congress was away, solely at the command of the United Nations and without constitutional authority, and he dropped $70 million worth of Tomahawk missiles on the country of Libya. He did that. Barack Hussein Obama. Maybe this one will hit a little bit closer to home. Maybe you'll maybe you'll understand why this is so important. The Department of Veterans Affairs Office of the Inspector General in 2012 released information that two conferences in Orlando cost $6.1 million. The discussion never really clarified 
as to what the total yearly budget on conferences annually is, estimates were made that this is between – now, I'm going to say this number, and if you're drinking, please swallow first. Because I don't want you to spray your, your drink, your, your, your protein drink, your green foods, your greens, your healthy greens all over the front of your car if you're driving or your desk or your computer monitor. Don't blame me. I'm going to say it. Ready? Go ahead. Get your swallower on. Estimates were made that the yearly budget on conferences was between 20 and $100 million annually for the Department of Veterans Affairs. Veterans Affairs. It's especially egregious because this is Veterans Affairs. Do you remember veterans dying on the rolls while they could not get care? Couldn't even get an appointment. Waiting a year for treatment. Veterans who are missing a limb. I know this story personally. I know this for a fact. I know of a veteran who was awaiting a limb because he got his leg blown off by an IED in Iraq. He was waiting for his prosthetic leg, and he said, uh, the doctor said I need a, a cane, and I have a, I have a prescription for the cane. Can I get my cane? Thirty days go by, nothing. He follows up. Sixty days go by, nothing. He follows up. This time he goes in person to the VA hospital and he shows them the paperwork and says, yeah, um, I'm supposed to have a cane, but I can't seem to get me a cane. So can you help me out? And they said, well, tell you what let's do while we're waiting for this paperwork to work its way through. You need to go take a – well, first of all, you need to go back to your primary care doctor and have them give you a referral for the cane. Well, the doctor, the doctor who amputated my leg uh, – what was remaining of it, he said, I need a cane, and I'm hopping around here. Um, can you just give me a cane? No, no, we have to do it according to this. So what we're going to do, what we're going to do here is we're going to, um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to send you back to your primary care physician, and then uh, in 30 to 60 days after that, you can come back with a note from them. Well, I can go there today and get that. Okay, well, in 30 to 60 days, well, wait, I need the cane today, though. I, I, I need to walk today. I need to get where I'm going today. We understand that, but we have procedures. Okay, so he does that. Guess what they do? 30 to 60 days goes by. Guess what they do? They say, hey, you know what? Before we can give you a cane, we have to have you scheduled for a class on how to use a cane. And I know, say it with me, how many days it would take to get him scheduled, they said, for this class to use a cane for this soldier who had his leg blown off in Iraq. 30 to 60 days. You know what he did? You say, well, why didn't the dude just go out and get him a cane? Remember me talking earlier about how, you know, we like to think that we treat our soldiers so super great. If our government, and, our, and not just our government, but our people, our citizens treated our uh, wounded soldiers super great, there'd be no need for these organizations that I support. There'd be no need for it. Be no need at all. We sure wouldn't be, because we do the right thing. 
you say, why didn't he just go out and get a McCain? It can't be that expensive. <laughs> They're only $35, $40. They can't be that expensive. Why can't he just go out and spend? Because he didn't have 30 to $45, folks. He was barely making it. And we promised him that we would take care of him, and we're not. So finally, he took what little bit of money he had, he cobbled it together, and he got himself a cane. Got himself the wrong cane, because he couldn't afford the right cane. Because we didn't keep our promise to him. Anybody go to jail on that? No. Nobody did. Nobody. Two conferences in Orlando, Florida? $6.1 million? Why are they going to conferences? To learn how to be better? Well, apparently, they need to stay back home and work to know how to do better. For our veterans. How about Obamacare? How about Obamacare? You know, we've forgotten about it. We joke about it. We laugh about it. We say, oh, well, well, you know, Obamacare, that darn Obamacare. I personally know doctors who have gotten out of medicine, practicing medicine. They've gotten out of it because they say, Sean, we can't do it anymore. We can't do it. We can't do it. It's killing us to provide this kind of, for this little tiny bit of money that they're actually paying us to jump through the hoops that they're making us jump through and to give far worse care if America only knew. Obama's misinformation about the Affordable Care Act, crazy name, to millions of Americans having no health insurance because of the high cost. They say, well, we're going to give people insurance that don't have insurance. Guess what? You know what you do? You raise the insurance on the healthy people so high, you take the money, extra money you make off of that to pay for the people that you should never insure in a million years. People were told by the hundreds of millions, hey, look, your insurance is going to go down. But they went up. And you know what? A lot of people's policies simply vanished because of new regulations. Folks, I want you to understand that one-sixth of the economy is health care. Barack Obama single-handedly just now took one-sixth of the economy under his control. This is a scandal. Uh, just are, are ridiculous. They're just ridiculous. You say, look, I don't feel bad for surgeons. They're rich. I personally know a surgeon right now, right here, right now. I personally know a surgeon that did a surgery, a very important surgery, that they he said the proper amount to bill would have been $20,300. That's for the whole the whole kit and caboodle, the emergency, or not the emergency room, the, the operating room, all of the nurses, the other doctors, the follow-up care, the timeline, all that should cost $20,300. Well, the government, in all their, their smartness, says, because they ain't read a book, says, you know what, how much we're going to pay? Tell you what, let's do. We're going to pay you $12,832 for this surgery. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to pay you for this surgery. These are the reasonable and customary charges. Reasonable and customary charges. We're going to, okay, so you're going to do the surgery. You're going to do it for this. This is how much. Guess what? He does the surgery. The surgeon does the surgery. He incurs all the costs of the 
operating room of the because it's not free to him, folks. You understand that, right? It's not free to him. He has to pay his nurses. He has to pay the other doctor. He has to pay for the operating room. He has to pay for the medications administered. He has to pay for the anesthesiologist. He has to pay. 180 days later, he still has not been paid one red cent on it. Guess what he does? He pays three people in his office $40,000 on average each a year to hunt down the money from the government and the insurance companies. Finally, after 186 more days, 186 more days, folks, do the math. That's almost a year from when the surgery was done. He has not received a penny. They send him a check for $2,915. Well, he has his ladies get on the phone and say, this has got to be a massive mistake. And they say, no, this is all you're getting. He said, are you sure it's not just a first payment? You're going to send me more? Because that's, that's percentage. That's 10% of, of of what we agreed this would cost and that you would pay. Sorry. Sorry, that's just how it is. That's just how it is. Sorry. You say, well, I don't feel bad for them. They live in nice houses. You know what? They go to school for 11 years. They work for many of those years for nothing. And then when they fin- when they start their residency, their internship and their residency, they make pennies. And they work 80 to 100 hours a week every single week. And they have to pay back their school loans. Guess how much those loans are? $350,000. That's the average. Do you want to do that? Do you think that's the best method for us to get the best and the brightest doctors out there? So they have to work 80 to 100 hours a week every single week? And then they get out of that. They have a $350,000 bill to pay. And you think that's okay. Well, I don't think it's okay. How about the Iran nuclear I'm going to tell you what. Let's let's take a quick break. I want you to listen to this and do do what I say, folks. This is important. The number you need to remember if you have a pen and pencil is 20630. 20630. This is some important stuff. Hey, listeners, let me tell you something really quick. Listen, if you own a gun, not even if you carry a gun, not even if you have a concealed carry permit, but if you own a gun, you need to listen up. You need to get a pen, you need to get paper, something. You need to click into your notes in your smartphone and and take this number down. First of all, the first number is 20630. Don't worry, I'll repeat it. 20630. Listen, you have the right to defend yourself and your loved ones and your home. All of that stuff is true. You know it is. But the moment you pull the trigger or pull your gun, you are at risk for devastating legal and financial consequences. You know, you can be arrested. You can be jailed. You can be sued. You can be fired. You can be bankrupted. Even when you've legally and justifiably used a gun in self-defense. Listen, you don't have to let this happen to you. 
Just call Second Call Defense. That number you want is 20630. Listen, it's going to get you a whole month free. 20630. I'll give you the number in a second. You're going to enjoy, listen, when you become a member, you're going to enjoy peace of mind of having immediate and comprehensive legal and financial protection at your fingertips the moment you pull your gun, the moment you pull the trigger, no matter where you are in the United States. You just make two calls. Your first call should always be to 911 to request an ambulance and law enforcement. And listen, we'll tell you exactly what to do, what to say, how to say it. Your second call should be the second call defense. Listen, we've got your back. It's complete legal protection for armed self-defense, and it is fully endorsed by the NRA. It's fully backed by the NRA insurance program. Folks, you've got to have this coverage. I have the Cadillac protection, which is the ultimate coverage, and I'm telling you, it is phenomenal. People say, well, I've got homeowner's coverage. That'll protect me. I've got an umbrella policy, civil liability policy. No, no, it won't. In fact, it's specifically excluded. You say, well, I'll get a public, a public defender. They'll keep me out of jail. No, they won't. First of all, usually public defenders are from liberal colleges and liberal law schools. They hate guns. They hate people that carry guns. And they're, they don't understand uh, lethal force to start with. They're overworked. They're underpaid. Is that what you want to bet your freedom on? Is that what you want to bet your financial future on? That? Are you kidding me? 877-502-3300. Secondcalldefense.org. You want to give them this number, 20630. That's a Ninja Pastor's number. You give them that, they're going to give you a free month. Go to God and Country Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Uh, there's a place where you can sign up. You know, you know, sign up by the means of putting in your information for the show uh, to follow the show. But there's links on there. Once you do that or on that page, there's a link there, and that will show you exactly where to go. You click on that link, go, get all kinds of information. There are no contracts. You're not locked in. And once you get your money back, your free uh, month back, they, they never come back and take it back. This is the best coverage out there. Trust me. I've researched it all. Welcome back to the collision of faith and politics. Here again is Dr. Sean. Welcome back. The Iran nuclear agreement. If you I'm adding this to the list of scandals. And what we don't have that much time left, 30, 35 minutes. Um, I'm going to buzzsaw through this, but do you understand what this what this deal is here? Uh, you're you're told that look, this is the only way. Uh, if we don't do this, this is if we don't do this deal, uh, we're going to be at war with Iran. Folks, the opposite is true. This deal increases the prospects of war. Look. You do know who Iran is, right? They're the people that are chanting, chanting death to America. These are the people that are funding terrorism all over the world, but specifically targeting the United States and Israel. This is the same comp- country that says, hey, look, we're going to push Israel off into, we're going to annihilate them. We're going to push them into the sea. Same comp- They're going to Look, this deal gives Iran up to $150 billion. What do you think they're going to use that money for? Baby milk factories? No. They're going to bolster Iran's support of terrorism and regional conflicts. Then what are we going to have to do? We're going to have to respond in war in the long run and embolden and strengthen Iran. We'll seek regional hegemony. 
dramatically increasing the chances for broader conflict. The other thing you hear all the time, oh, Iran, they won't get a nuclear weapon, they're just dumb. Steel does nothing to block their path to a bomb. The deal, what it does is it legitimizes Iran's nuclear program. And it allows them to reach a nuclear capability that they don't have now. And once they do that, once they once they we unleash this thing, it's a matter of days. You know, you're told by Barack Hussein Obama the whole world backs this deal. You want to know how many in the whole world this involves? The United States and five other countries. None of Iran's neighbors were involved. There's a lot of countries in the Middle East, including Israel, but Saudi Arabia, other Persian Gulf countries, they are terrified. They don't want Iran to have nuclear capabilities. Are you kidding me? Five countries. Us and five countries. They say, with no deal, Iran is free from scrutiny. Is that true? Is that true? Because the party to the Nuclear Nonproliferation Treaty, or NPT, Iran is forbidden from developing nuclear weapons and must undergo regular IAEA inspections of declared sites. With no deal, Iran is still held to inspections of declared sites and cannot pursue nuclear weapons. Here's the thing. And you might have heard this. Some of you might have heard this. Those of you who got a book, you might have heard this, that in the deal, Iran... I'm going to say this, and if you've got a, a gulp of... Uh, uh, of of something to drink or eat, don't don't sue me. I'm going to tell you, swallow now, swallow now, because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, and you're not going to like it. But I warned you. I'm warning you now. Swallow. Folks, you know who polices this deal. Iran, they're the ones in charge of checking. Iran is. Can you imagine? Iran is in charge of checking. Hey, we'll get back to you on this. We'll get back to you. Uh, oh, yeah. Um yeah, I can't exactly. Mm, do we have nuclear weapons? Are we doing what we're supposed to? I, you know, I think we are doing what we're supposed to do. I think we are. You know, the Americans. I think we are. The Iranians, through this agreement, this egregious, disgusting agreement, police themselves. Do you understand what that means, folks? They police themselves. We allowed this. I'm going to take a call real. Let's keep it clean, folks. Keep it clean. That's how we do. 
Hello, this is Dr. Sean. Welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, this is Nas in Atlanta. Hey, Nas, how are you? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for calling in today. What what uh, what do you have to say? What's on your mind? Well, I guess that last point uh, you might want to check into a little further. Uh, it came out this past week. Uh, the AP actually had to retract that story. Uh, they won't actually be self-checking. I know for the past month that story's been out there, and it was supported by the AP and all types of really, you know, qualified organizations, but they've since has, had to retract the story. Uh, they won't be checking themselves. It'll, it'll be the same process as always, the old UN inspector uh, situation. But uh, are they working towards capability? I mean, no question. I don't think anybody is naive enough to think that they won't. Uh, when it happens, will they uh, will they be able to be checked? Uh, I think so, but I guess the, the the huge problem I think with a lot of their neighbors are going to have a problem with when they start pumping more oil and they get all of this new newfound oil wealth. Then what happens uh, once they become you know a bigger a bigger uh, bully on that block over there? Then what happens? Do they poke their chest out a little more or what? So. You know, there's a, there's a whole lot of things over there that, you know, we just have no idea about right now. We don't know how this is going to play out because I, I think they have the same allotment uh, from OPEC as far as oil production uh, that Iraq does. But after this, of course, that's going to change. So, once again, you put more money or more power into the hands of those folks, then what? So, I don't know, man. Well, this is an interesting situation. It is. It, it really is an interesting situation. And the one thing that I would I would say is this is and, and this is important is, you know, I, and I hear what you're saying about the, the U.N. Uh, and the IAEA are going to uh, they're going to be the ones policing this. They're going to be the ones doing the inspections. But the the interesting fact here is, is that they'll have 48 hours notice. They'll give them 48 hours notice. And then they have to be uh, approved. You know, the, all the inspectors individually and collectively have to be approved every single time. And then they have 48 hours after that to respond. And think about this. The, the AP, you know, I'll tell you what's really happening here. What's really happening is is the uh, powers that be within the Barack Hussein Obama administration they actually walked that back and then went to the AP and said, hey, we need you to kind of change what you're saying about this, even though no one was provided one single document proving that what the administration said to the AP was true. Now, the other, the other huge fact to consider here is, look, when Saudi Arabia and Jordan are terrified of Iran getting a nuke or or even increasing their nuclear capabilities by even 30 or 40 percent, we should be afraid. And, you know, Israel has to live right there. I mean, they're, they're – they're, and look, they can already – Iran can already hit Israel. They already have that capability. Do they really want to yeah, hit? Yeah. They want to hit us. We don't need to speak about Israel as if Israel is some poor defenseless country. They have nukes already, and they're more than capable of wiping everybody over there out if they got out of line. So, I mean, you know. 
But they, but, they but they're a country the size of New Jersey. That's that's the thing here. They're a country the size of New Jersey. They're surrounded by people that hate them and have said, hey, you know what, we're going to obliterate you. But the one primary country who has, uh, you know, done everything they can do to 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 affect that means they have the means to affect that outcome is Iran, and they're absolutely going to do it. The the first there's nothing that holds Iran back other than actual capability, because they have the will. Their will is already there. They're, they're absolutely going to obliterate. Now, and, and I appreciate what you said about Israel. Uh, Israel's got cojones the size of New Jersey because I think, this is just me talking out loud here, I think that Israel will handle their business because so many other people, so many other people will stand by and allow Iran to do what they'll do, and 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 Israel will have to take the mantle, and will have to bomb Iran. And well, I mean, just think about it. Obama had to go in there and and you know plead for them not to send the F-14s, you know, a couple of weeks ago uh, from Israel to Iran. So, like I said, man, they're not worried about a thing. They get three billion a year from us, and they supply themselves well with military equipment. We trade info with them, and you know we're two of the premier, uh, you know war uh, war making nations, you know on, on the globe. So there's nothing for them to worry about. You made a great point with saying once they have the capability, we don't know how far they'll go. But there's another argument missing. Once that new money comes flush into Iran, will we see the business uh, part of Iran, the businessmen there? Will we see them push the old mullahs out of the positions of power? Because you know, you know, within any culture, money talks, and as, as horrid right. as Saudi Arabia is, we've seen money change a whole lot of things uh, that they would think. Especially look at their relationship with Israel now. Uh, you know, because of that, you know, that financial factor, Saudi Arabia is not mad at Israel at all. Those other guys might be, but they're not. So that's another yeah. factor there, man. Because you, you I, know, I wonder if, if those me, old moves get pushed out. Yeah. Let me also uh, say that. Uh, are you aware that? It, based in what we know of the report, uh, the reports that are coming from this agreement, this alleged agreement, military installations are exempt from all inspections. So all they have to do is put a sign up and a fence up and say this is a military installation and nobody can inspect it. Not the IAEA, yeah. not the UN, nobody. And that's easy enough to do. But here's the thing, and, and uh, you've been a great caller. I encourage you to call again. Here's the other thing I would encourage you to remember Um is it's easy to say Israel can handle their business. They've got billions of our dollars, and they're fine. They're a great war-making nation. All of these different things, but Israel doesn't go making war. They don't. They don't. Uh, they don't go make war. They they defend themselves, and it's easy to say that they will be able to do whatever they need to do from our safety and our security. I would say our illusion of safety and security here in the United States. Um, when we're all the way over here, I know Israelis. I know people that go to Israel all the time, and it's a whole different kettle of fish when you're sitting there with this, you know, barrel shoved down your throat. Everyone all the way around you hates your guts, and all you want to do is be left alone. 
but everybody else hates your guts. Yeah, yeah. Man, the Israeli mentality of, of never again always applies. So, you know, they're always looking out for, you know, possible yeah. enemies, which you should do. Any sovereign nation should. Yeah, I appreciate that. Like for you sure. just said, if you're in that, in that area. But let me, let me throw at one more point uh, before I get out. I think another thing that's going to happen uh, from this deal is you start talking about Western ideas and Western culture coming over there. We start getting more music and more different food and different clothing and different, just different freedoms that those young people in uh, Iran, I well, they think they'll that. start turning towards that stuff, man, because I, I, I don't think they want to live the lives of their grandparents and their parents uh, being ruled over by some old guy in a robe. I, I well, don't see, think they, they want they that. They had that. My friend, they had that. They had that until the Shah of Iran was deposed. They had all that. It was it was yeah. a very popular place in the world to go. It was it was the place to go. And then the the uh religious extremists took over and that was that. Right. I mean there were massive beheadings. On one day there were over a thousand people beheaded in the public square in Iran. When they went from being able to dress how they want, listen to music how they want, all of these different yeah. things, um they you know, it's it's just it's it's a it, it, it's it's way far gone than that. But listen, I'm in Atlanta a lot. I know you said you're you you're from Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta a lot. And uh, look me up, hit me up on the website theninjapastor.com. Use the contact me page or look me up on Facebook at uh, facebook.com um, backslash God and Country Radio. And uh, I'll hook up with you when I'm uh, my next trip in Atlanta. I'd love to sit across a table and and. Uh, and and have a cup of coffee or something with you, and we'll chat about it. But thank you so much for calling. Uh, I really appreciate it. Take good care. So America, you know, I have a friend of mine. Her name is Susan Warner. Uh, Susan Warner is a senior fellow. Uh, she is, well, that's a funny name for a woman, but she's a distinguished senior fellow of the Gatestone Institute and co-founder of the Christian group Olive Tree Ministries in Wilmington, Delaware. She's been writing and teaching about Israel in the Middle East for over 15 years. And Susan uh, wrote a great piece that I want to share with you. I'm, I'm trying to get this in. Um, uh, let me, a good caller, though. I, I like I like when people are decent. I've had people call in, and, and um, we've got a bunch of calls pending here. But I'm not going to be able to get. I'm sorry for those of you in the in the till there. I'm I, I feel bad for that. I, I like to get everybody involved, but. I've got to get through this because none of this makes sense unless I get through this. So on, on August 23rd at 4 a.m., uh, Susan submits this article. It is astounding to think that the term peace and justice could embrace Iranian nuclear ambitions, but these postmodern Christian groups seem to be able to make the mental adjustments in order to advance their anti-Israel agenda. Now, this is important because there's a lot of anti-Israel uh, rhetoric and um, you know some folks will put out like our last caller respectfully did that hey we send them billions of dollars every year you know they can take care of themselves um, yeah but uh, there's a lot of Christian groups and and sadly not just Christian groups but also um, secular Jewish groups who and then groups that are pretending to be Jewish which are not um, they they are supporting the Lutheran, the American Lutheran uh, denomination as a whole, the Episcopal denomination as a whole. They claim to be anti-war, yet they're, they're funding. They are funding these uh, flotillas uh, into the West Bank 
where they say they're bringing food and medicine because we're so mean, the Israelis are so mean, they won't let the people have food or medicine, which is totally untrue. But when they seize these boats, they go into the holds and they find hundreds of thousands of rounds of ammunition. They find weapons of every type. They find missiles. They find all of these different things. I mean, it is just just absolutely a fact that they're not there for peace, although these Christian groups allegedly say, hey, we're in the interest of peace, but they're anti-Israel. Christian organizations such as Sabil, Christ at the Checkpoint Conference, and hundreds of other Christian groups that deny Israel's legitimate claims to the land, and by the land we mean Haaretz, which is the land of Israel, um, the land of God, they seem totally oblivious to the existential threat Iran poses not only to Israel, but of all Western civilization. All of them. I'm reading some of the comments. There's some great comments coming in. If you've ever, if you've never logged in to chat, that's a pretty vibrant place. Uh, there's some really smart people there. Uh, there's uh, Mr. Nero uh, writes, if Iran or, or any other so-called enemy of Israel launched a nuclear attack against them, they would be radioactive dust in less than an hour. That's the hard truth. That is true. That is absolutely true. However, however, here's the problem. Once that starts, the fallout from that is is enormous. It's enormous. So we don't ever want it to even get to that. Uh, we, we just don't want it to get to that. But I... Um, I agree with you, Mr. Nero. Russia is the, uh, I wouldn't say the only serious threat. I would say ISIS is a threat that we really need to be aware of. Um, but Russia definitely, and, and um, a former presidential candidate uh, claimed that, and he was laughed out of town. Oh, you're so stupid. You know, Remind me when you get some foreign policy experience. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, um, Pastor John Hagee's Christians United for Israel, or QFI, is leading an all-out campaign against the Iran deal in solidarity with Israel. And Hispanic evangelicals are also raising their collective voices against the Iran deal. To quote them, this deal is not only bad, but it is very dangerous. It falls woefully short of what both Democrats and Republicans in Congress have said is acceptable. This is not a partisan issue. It's a moral imperative. Uh, Hispanic Christian leaders submitted in a statement published on July 24th. Nowhere are the deep divisions within Christianity more apparent than in the current responses on the Obama-Kerry-Iran nuclear deal? Efficiently, This is the official name, officially known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, or JCPOA. Now, here's the problem. Five other countries other than the United States are involved in this. Five others. By the way, Mr. Nero, I disagree with you. ISIS is not CIA. ISIS... Uh, in in my knowledge, and if you look me up, you'll you'll know I'm not talking out my rear. Uh, ISIS is the culmination of all things evil, um, and maybe the CIA had some involvement here or there. But the fact of the matter is, is they're they're evil incarnate, and um, if we don't treat them as evil incarnate, uh, we will see our heads fall to the ground before we before our bodies do. So even before U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry's appearance on all five Sundays, uh, five of Sunday's news talk shows on July 19th, in which he elaborated on the administration's position, Christian groups had already lined up for a war of sorts that would focus Christian attention on the political debate to come. The ink was barely dry on the 150-page final agreement when the Vatican, which represents roughly 70 million American Catholics, 
released a statement, and I know that the author of this uh, occasionally listens to the show, Susan Warner. So if you're listening, feel free, uh, feel free to uh, call in. I'll, I'll try to get you in the last minute if there's anything you forgot to put in this article or you want to add to this. Um, but the ink was barely dry on the 150-page final agreement when the Vatican, which represents roughly 70 million American Catholics, released a statement in favor of the Iran deal, pronouncing it as an important step for calling a commitment, calling for a commitment to make it bear fruit, basically affirming the Pope's wish for peace in our time. Listen, folks, you can say that you really want peace. You can say that. You can say, hey, you know what? I really want peace. I'm, I'm a peace lover. You know what? I want peace, too. I really do, folks. I want peace. I love peace. But you know where peace isn't going to come from, folks? You know where peace is not going to come from? It's not going to come from this deal. It's not going to come from hiding your face in your hand and covering your eyes and saying, hey, we just want to be peaceful, man. We just want to be peaceful. These are not people that are peaceful. American Christians, when it comes to nuclear Iran, generally appear to reflect the nation as a whole. On the one hand, concern that Iran's daily chant, and it's daily, death to America, actually means what it says. On the other hand, advocates for the deal say the time has come to turn the other cheek, give diplomacy a chance, and embrace your enemies, even those who vow to kill you. I would add this in. I would add this in here. Giving them another chance to an enemy that vows to kill you, guess what happens? If you're wrong, they kill you. And guess what you don't ever get? You don't ever get another chance. According to a statement released by the Vatican on July 14th, just as the deal was made public, Jesuit Father Federico Lombardi said in a response to reporters' questions that, and I quote, the agreement on the the Iranian nuclear program is viewed in a positive light by the Holy See. It constitutes an important outcome of the negotiations carried out so far, although continued efforts and commitment on the part of all involved will be necessary in order for it to bear fruit. It is hoped that those fruits will not be limited to the field of nuclear program, but may indeed be extended further. Pope Francis communicated his support of initial framework of the Iran deal in his Easter message one month after Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu spoke out strongly against it in an attempt to convince both houses of Congress that the deal was not only not going to provide peace, but was instead a pathway to war. Bishop Oscar Cantu, chairman of the United States Bishops Committee on International Justice and Peace, followed suit in a letter to members of U.S. Congress, which he urged Congress to support the effort. It's not really news that the Pope and Israel are divided on many issues, certainly on the value of President Obama's uh, Iran deal, and recently on the Pope's premature recognition of the Palestinian state. Even the group Catholics for Israel has not taken a firm stand opposing the Pope's position on the Iran deal. While the Roman Catholic Church appears unified under the Pope's proclamation in favor of the Iran deal, air quotes and literal quotes in the article, Protestant groups embrace each extreme, convinced that Either this deal represents or presents an opportunity to bring Iran to the community of nations, or conversely, that the deal represents nothing more than a pathway to satisfying Iran's nuclear ambitions and a catalyst for inevitable nuclear, uh, regional nuclear arms race. Here's what you need to understand, uh, and this is an important statement in the article here. Pacifist groups, including 
both Catholics and Protestants have hopped on the bandwagon of hope absent a clear, realistic comprehension of Iran as a determined and intractable foe of all people outside their brand of Islam. See, that's the thing, folks. You've got to understand that pacifists, peace at all costs, including my own life. Hey, look, man, I I just want peace, so I'm not going to fight. And then the enemy kills you. And guess what happens? You're dead. You're over with. Look, and I'm not just throwing rocks for all my Catholic friends out there. Please don't think I'm throwing rocks. I'm giving you the facts. Because you know what we did? We We gave away the farm on facts. We gave away the farm on facts. We did. We did. We we uh we we just for whatever reason, we just said, you know, facts don't matter, feelings matter. Somehow or another, we just we just gave up on facts. But you see, once you know the facts, you can't be silent. This Iran deal, all the other scandals I told you about, you can't be silent. Now you at least know those. There's many more. There are many more. These are scandals where many innocent people suffered at the hands of this, the Hussein Obama administration, and under our feckless, whining Republicans in Congress, and under the American people's noses, right under our noses. We've been thrust into terrible things that destroy our country and our lives forever, despite the blood and treasure that's been spent to buy us freedom and liberty. And yet we're silent. You know what? Here's the fact. When America falls, so goes the world. You know you know they're coming after your right to own and carry guns, right? Then they're going to come after your actual guns. They're coming after your right to own them, and they're coming after your right to carry them. Then they're going to come after your actual guns, and they're going to come get them from your home. You know, there's a lot of people out there, they talk a good game, how, well, they're going to have to pry those guns from my cold, dead hands. That sounds good, you know, as a as a sound bite from the former head of the NRA, Charlton Heston. That sounds good. That sounds great. God rest his soul. That sounds good as a keyboard commando. But as somebody, listen, I know that scene, and I know you're not ready. 99% of the of the people out there that that say that they they have some knowledge of what's coming. They're not ready. You're unprepared for when they come. When you get that knock on your door, you're you're unprepared. You have you've not rehearsed in your mind what you're going to say, what you're going to do. You're unprepared. And you know what? They've been preparing and trying to take your guns from you for decades. Why? Because they want to disarm you. And when they disarm you, America fails fully and they fail finally. Fully and finally, America fails. And you know what? When America fails, everywhere fails. Everything changes and everything, including the simplest, most benign life activities, such as just getting food, to survive yourself, let alone feed your family. Now that becomes a terrible life challenge that 99% of people would not be capable of or competent to do. Feed yourself. The most basic of things, feed your 
itself, 99% of Americans cannot do it. They can't do it. The most basic of life functions, feeding yourself. First of all, I am going to go there. We only have minutes left. How in the name of all things holy do we, as a reasonable, rational nation, elect a guy named Barack Hussein Obama in the first election after 9-11? How do we do that? How do we do that? Seriously, how do we do that? This guy has always been and always will be shady as all get out. The shadiest politician ever to seek the office of president and, and, and millions of dollars were used, hundreds of millions of dollars used to hide his past. Hide even his educational history. And what do we do? We succumb to the taunts that if we question or, or we resist Barack Hussein Obama, we're racist bigots. So we're quiet as a nation. We're quiet as a nation. Why do we do that? Why? Why did all this happen? Why did we as a nation, liberal, progressive, conservative, Republican, independent, whatever, why did even the nameless, faceless people with a hashtag and a label shout for the election and re-election of Barack Hussein Obama? A sketchy dude by any definition. Come on, don't be afraid to say it. We all know why they did. They want free stuff. They don't want to work. They just want to sit at home in their free houses, watching their free television, watching their free cable, and eating their free food, and using their free phones. All the while whining about they're the disaffected, disrespected, disconnected masses that are owed free stuff from guess who? You know who, right? You do realize there are no free things, don't you? You do realize there's no free abortions, don't you? You realize there are no free phones, no free computers, no free houses, no free food, no free preschools, grade schools, middle schools, high schools, or colleges. Substitute the word free for your pocketbook, your paycheck. Take that word free out and say my pocketbook, my paycheck. That's where all the free stuff is coming from. All the whining masses that are standing in the streets throwing bottles, setting fire. That's where it's coming. That's where all the free stuff is coming from. Why did we get quiet and peaceful when much of our country was rioting? Looting, setting fires, burning their own neighborhoods down. Where was the press? Folks, the press isn't some separate thing. It is the liberal left. Why can't folks accept that and just, just say, you know what, this is true? Why do you resist accepting what you know is true? Why do you resist that? I'll tell you why. Political correctness. We were quiet, and we ignore the fact that facts matter. We were quiet, and we were submissive and compliant, and we ignored the facts that we all knew were true, valid, and authentic. But isn't it time that we're silent no more? Why don't facts matter anymore? Why do we immediately respond defensively or get our feelings hurt? Listen, if I had another hour, I would talk about why Donald Trump is shaking up the GOP. Maybe next week we're going to talk about that. Listen, I don't support Donald Trump by any stretch, but let me tell you, he's shaking up some folks. He's shaking up some folks. He's saying what people have wanted to hear for an awful long time. Crazy thing is, He's saying the truth. America, thanks for joining me every week. Folks that were on chat, um, Mr. Nero, I pr appreciate your intelligent discourse uh, there and so many others. 
thank you for joining us. To the callers I couldn't get to, listen, I'm sorry. Uh, I will I will admit I'm not the best at getting to a bunch of calls. I do want to do that at some point in time, but uh, unfortunately today wasn't the day. I'm going to finish up next week. I've got probably two and a half more hours of material to go through um, and, and other stuff. Remember, you matter to me. Please go visit our uh, our Facebook page. Go to theninjapastor.com. Hundreds of hours of sermons uh, and messages and speeches. iTunes, I'm on iTunes. Go there. Um, this page, if you're on Blog Talk Radio, just click on that and uh, click on follow and it's basic information you put in. And then uh, you'll be able to get notifications every single week. You'll also be able to listen to countless hundreds of hours of of past archived uh, messages and shows. We love you. We appreciate it. If you go to theninjapastor.com, click on Donate. Uh, that will give you the ability to participate in what goes on in this show. I really appreciate you. Hang in there, folks. Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www. DrSeanGreener.com In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.